audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church and is part of our series in the book of 1 Corinthians. For more information about our church, for more sermon audio, or for more resources, visit us at stoneoakbible.com. Well, good morning, church. About 38 hours, maybe a little bit more than that, uh, ago, a ruthless, terrible, monstrous stomach bug ransacked the Evans household um, and, and started with me, the weakest link of our family, and spread to our boys. <laughs> um, uh, but it, it has shown me two things. One, as I get older, I cannot, I am not a good sick person. Like, <laughs> I am so puny and so weak. That's one. The second thing it showed me is that my wife is a superhero. She has been dealing with not three, but four whiny and stinky boys for, for the weekend. And um, let me just say this. I am grateful to be here. There were several times this weekend I didn't think I was going to be able to be here. So I am, I am grateful to be here. Um, we are celebrating, believe it or not, two years as a church. Yeah. <laughs> Two years, this is our, our two-year birthday uh, this morning, and we have seen God do so much. We have seen so many things happen in, in people's lives, and we have seen some incredible things happen, but I believe from the bottom of my heart that as much as we've seen, I believe that the best is yet to come. And, and I can't wait. This morning, what we're going to do, it, Vision Sunday, is we're going to look ahead and we are going to look at what's to come for our church and hopefully some very practical things that we can look ahead as a church and, and ask God what is, what is next. So to do that, what I want you to do is if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. And let me just start off by saying something really obvious. Every one of us here. Every one of us here who are, who are followers of Jesus, every one of us here are here because someone prayed for and discipled someone else, who prayed for and discipled someone else, who prayed for and discipled someone else, and who eventually prayed for and discipled you. That is why we, most, most likely, if I were to just bring this microphone down here and have an open mic time, most of you who would come up here and share your testimony would say it wasn't just one. No, no, no. It was a group effort. Most of us right now, if we could just stop and think about it, we have faces and names of people who have poured into us, who have discipled us, who have loved us, who have said, you know what, it might have been easier to be quiet, but I'm going to speak up and I'm going to show up. Most of us would have many names. It's a group effort as people have been pouring into it. One of my favorite things about the gospel is that the gospel not only transforms lives, but then it gives those transformed lives a purpose and that it spreads. And, and here's something else we can think of. If we could, if we had the time, we could trace our discipleship history. Every one of us could trace our disciple history to one particular moment. To one particular, one single moment in time, because all of us can trace our discipleship history back to the text of Matthew 28. 
Every one of us can trace our beginnings right here. If it weren't for Matthew 28, um, church, we probably wouldn't be here. We probably wouldn't be here. Um, the words here uh, of Christ at the end of Matthew 28 are, are referred to as the climax of Matthew's gospel. Many refer to these words as not only the climax of Matthew's gospel, but the climax of the New Testament period. That these words here, this is the final words of our Savior before he ascends into heaven. The very final thing, the final words. And in the words he spoke here, he spoke here, have marked God's people ever since. Have marked us and given us a mission ever since. If you were to log on to our website right now, don't do that because you're focusing, right? But if you were to log in and you were to look at our mission, you would see our mission is to make disciples. And under that, you would see the words of Christ in Matthew 28 written underneath. Because for those of us who are followers of Jesus, for those of us who are his, this is our calling. This is why we are here. This is why we exist. Um, and as foundational as this text is, I cannot wait to dig into these words. And I want us to start in, in verse 18. In verse 18. And, and so what has just happened, Jesus just died on the cross. He, he gave his life. He was buried. And as we're going to celebrate next week, he rose. He rose. And, and I mean, literally, I mean, bodily, he rose, and he spent 40 days with his followers, and then came this moment when he was about to ascend into heaven, and he gave one final address as he ascended, and let's start with his first words. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Let's read that again. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is a huge statement by Jesus. And, and what I want us to realize this morning is not only was this a huge statement by Jesus, but he meant it. He, he meant it. So often when we think of Jesus, we think of him as our own personal Lord and Savior, which is great. But that is not complete. That is not complete. Um, he is Lord of all, all authority. In heaven and on earth. I'll put it like this. You don't choose to make him Lord. He's Lord whether you choose it or not. You don't choose to whether or not he is going to be Lord. You don't even choose if you're going to submit to him as Lord. The Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So you don't choose to make him Lord. You don't even choose whether or not to submit to him as Lord. You just choose timing. Yours is just, will it be today? Will it be now? That's what's before us. But Jesus is Lord, and as Lord, Christ is all authority, not just as our personal Lord and Savior, praise God for that, but all authority in heaven and on earth, meaning he is Lord of all, Lord of every people, every nation, every tongue, every tribe. That the same authority we stand on here at Stone Oak Bible Church is the same authority that the church in Ethiopia, in China, in Russia, in Peru, everywhere across the globe that the church meets, we stand on the same authority that Jesus is Lord over all. More than that, he's Lord over the earth. 
all of the earth, meaning he has power over the seas and even the seas obey his voice. He is Lord over all because all things were created by him, for him, through him, as Colossians tells us. He is Lord of all. He is Lord over all sickness. I'm grateful for that this weekend. Um, At his word, the lame walked. The blind were able to see. He is Lord over all. All. Jesus is Lord over all evil and demonic. He rebuked demons, cast them out, and demons listened and obeyed. He is Lord over all. He is Lord over sin. He was perfect, and the Bible says, although he was tempted in every way as we are, he did not once fall. Lord over sin. Lord over death and the grave, meaning he was beaten, mocked, and executed, breathed his last. And death could not beat him, but he rose and in showing perfect and complete lordship over all. Here's my point, church. When Jesus said, all authority is given me in heaven and on earth, he meant it. He meant everything about it. He meant it. And because of this, because this is true, we're sure of two things. One, we can have confidence, right, as his people just think about that. If that, if we are his and ultimate authority is his over all things, then what on earth do we have to be afraid of? We can be a confident people because Christ is Lord over all. Number two is we, we have victory. We don't have to wonder if we're gonna win. We don't have to wonder if we're gonna be on the right side of things because Christ has won and is victorious. So having said that, I want us to, as we look to the future as Stone Oak Bible Church, and we ask what is, is next, church, we start here. We believe in the authority of Christ. We will believe in the authority of Christ. And here's what this means for us practically. So all throughout this morning, what I wanna do is just look at some big picture stuff from God's word and then drive down uh, of how this plays out for us as a church practically. Um, And I wanna get as practical as possible. And what I see is two things. Because we believe this, because we will be a church who believes in the authority of Christ, we're gonna see two things. One, we will continue to preach and teach the word of God. We're not gonna bend on this and we're not gonna take it for granted that you know this. Um, we're not gonna change on this. We believe that he is our authority and therefore we believe this is our authority. We believe in this, we submit to it, we proclaim it, it is relevant, it is sufficient, it is necessary and we are committed to teaching it. We are committed to teaching it. Here's our vision, that we will be a church so committed to teaching and preaching the word of God that you know no matter what you happen to be going through in life, No matter what life brings your way, no matter what, you know that this is a place where you can hear God speak to you through his word. That you can know that, that you can be confident in that, that this is a place where we will walk through the scripture together. So far, church, we have been through James, Ephesians, 1 John, Job, portions of... I should have written this down. Genesis, Luke, and Psalms. And right now we're walking through 1 Corinthians together and we're not gonna stop. Like, we're not gonna stop. If you're here for 10 years at Stone Oak Bible Church, 
Think of the amount of ground we are gonna cover through our word together. And that's our hope, that is our vision, that's what we want to see happen because we know we're nothing apart from this because this is our authority, he is our authority. Now, that's the easy part. That's, uh, that's easy because everything I've said so far is contingent upon the person up here teaching. Um, contingent on the preacher preaching faithfully from the word, and we will do that. But that's the easy part, right? You just come and listen. Amen. Go home. Wrong. Wrong. That's half of it. Here's the reality. If we believe in the authority of Christ, not only will we preach the word, but we will live it. We will be a people who will live this out. We will be a people that are committed to living this out. Um, God has brought some truly incredible people to our church. Over the past two years, he's brought some people from different stages and seasons of life, from different backgrounds, um, brought some incredible people here. And we say this often, he didn't bring you here to sit and soak but he brought you here to be used, for his glory to be used. That's why, that's why you're here, to be sent out and to be used. Um, our vision here at Stone Oak Bible Church is that we will be a people so immersed in the gospel, who believe it so much that it has impacted every avenue of our life, that we're so committed to it that, let me say it like this, that we will be a church who doesn't even have to have programmed ministries in order for ministry to happen. Instead, you, by the very nature of who you are, by the very nature of who you are in Christ, you are actively ministering in your community so that countless ministries flow in and through our church. Not because your pastors have designed them and begged for you to come, but because you are out living this because the gospel has changed you, transformed you, and called you, and we as your pastors struggle just to keep up with you. That's my vision for Stone Oak Bible Church, that we will be a people committed to living this out, that we will be pastors who are committed to equipping you for the work of ministry. And like I said, that hopefully we're always struggling to keep up because God has brought some incredible people here. Um, but because we are a church who believes in the authority of Christ, because of this, this is going to lead us to preach God's word, to live it out, to rely on God's word. I could say a lot more, but I wanna move into the meat of what Jesus says in this text. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Here's the reality. Um, Jesus came and he proclaimed his authority, but then he issues a command for all of his followers. And this command is, is often not what we think. Um, see, it wasn't for the vast majority of Christians to come and sit into one place and to be discipled, to be taught, and to be baptized. Uh, no, I mean, that's great. You should do that. But that's not the call of Matthew 28. That wasn't what Jesus, Jesus 
of course, wants his disciples to be discipled, to be taught, and to be baptized, but that's not what Christ's call was, because Jesus not only called us to be discipled, to be baptized, and to be taught, no, Jesus called us, you, you, his people, all of us, Jesus called us to disciple people, to teach people, and to baptize people. He called you to to disciple other people, to baptize other people, to, to teach people the gospel. Yet how often are we content with not going that far? How often are we content with coming to a church to be discipled without discipling anyone? How often are we content coming to a church, being baptized, yet not baptizing anyone? How often are we content with coming, hearing teaching, listening to teaching, without teaching anyone? Church, Jesus doesn't give us the option to treat our calling like that. He doesn't give us the option. His command is so clear. Um, I heard a comparison last week. Uh, from a worship pastor, his name is Aaron Keyes. Uh, and he was talking about discipleship and he was comparing it to a really difficult, um, just a really difficult, really tough situation in life. But as tough as this is, I think there is some truth here. Um, Aaron brought up this, the heartbreaking challenge of infertility. How truly absolutely heartbreaking it is for a couple to to navigate this, the pain of of wanting kids, wanting to grow your family biologically, uh, the desire to parent, and for there to be an obstacle in the way, that how excruciatingly painful, and for most of us, we know exactly what that feels like, either firsthand or secondhand. It is excruciating, it is heartbreaking, and most of the time, when we face this struggle, we go through every measure possible, everything we can do to to overcome it through any means necessary. But it's heartbreaking. Infertility is so difficult. And Aaron, pointing out this in his life, says, in light of the struggle, um, he, he examined his own walk with Jesus in the walk of of the people in his community. And, And he made this observation. He says, whereas infertility for a couple is absolutely heartbreaking, infertility for a Christian is the status quo. It's the norm. It's not heartbreaking. It's not difficult. It's not painful. It is expected. For a Christian, it is expected, normal, status quo. And church, that is heartbreaking. That is is heartbreaking, and Christ himself has called us to more. He said, I um, have all authority in heaven and on earth. I have all authority, and therefore, because that's true, go. That's his call, And, and we will be a church who believes in the authority of Christ, and because of that, we will obey the command of Christ. We will obey the command of Christ, and this is going to lead us to discipleship. Now, um, let me put it like this. You've heard this said. It's not a great suggestion. It's not a great option. 
It's the great commission. And we as the church, it's ours to obey. It's ours to obey. As I said, our mission is and has always been, I just don't know, to make disciples. To make disciples. That this is why we exist. And this is really powerful for two reasons. One, it's the mission handed down to us from Jesus himself. Probably don't need any more reasons other than that, right? It's been handed down to us from Jesus himself. Number two, though, um, what I love about this mission is it requires all of us. It requires all of us, that we're called to be a, a church of disciple makers. That, that is our calling, meaning you're not gonna go to a great church and just by osmosis fulfill this calling. No matter how great the church is that you go to. You're not just gonna, by your very presence in the room, be a disciple maker. But that this is a calling that each one of us, myself included, have to live out in our day-to-day lives. And by doing this, because it requires all of us, then infertility stops being a status quo for us. And we will be a people believe in the authority of Christ, and therefore we will obey the command of Christ. And here's what I wanna do. Um, I wanna give us our trellis. Uh, I wanna give us our trellis as a church. So you know what a trellis is, correct? Well, if you don't, trellis, all right? Let me introduce you to a trellis. So, so what a, this is what a trellis looks like. It's a lattice, right? It's this, this is the trellis, the white Lattice. It's a lattice that, um, that a vine, a living, healthy, active vine can, can grow up on. All right. The important thing about this is not the trellis. It's, it's the vine. The trellis exists so that the vine is healthy, right? The trellis exists so that the vine is, is growing. It is the structure that helps the vine grow and flourish, That's what a trellis is. Without a vine, the trellis is pointless. Without a trellis, the vine is sprawling out all over the ground, unhealthy, right? It's this relationship. But with the trellis, the vine flourishes. And and with the vine, the trellis is useful. All right, you follow me? So so here's what I want us to see. As Christians, we are all called to vine work. Vine work. We are called to tend the vine, to see the vine grow, to see it thrive. We are called to vine work, discipleship. Follow me? No? You'll get there. As Christians, we are called to discipleship. Jesus says, go make disciples, teach them, baptize them. That is vine work, and that is your call. As a church... What we are called to do as a church is to support you in your vine work. What we are called to do is support you in your vine work, to create structures that promotes health and that gives you the opportunity to thrive in in what you do. That is our call as a church. So our church, our our goal as a church is to provide you with the structures upon which you can thrive, to provide you a a trellis. Now, as we do this, we understand that, that what we provide, the trellis, is never the point. It's never the point. You're the point. 
We are the point that how we walk this out, discipleship, the vine work, that's the point. But the trellis is what helps us, what, what helps guide us as we interact with that mission. So let me, um, let me give you our trellis, and then I think this is gonna come together. Our trellis, what we are calling it, is one up, one down, many around. One up, one down, many around. Um, again, this is our way of helping you live out this command of Jesus on your life. This is our way of providing you a trellis for you to tend to healthy vines. One up, one down, many around. Let me start with one up. One up. Do you have someone in your life further along in the faith than you are? Do you have someone in your life right now who, who you see who you respect, someone you see in the word of God, someone you see fruit in, someone you respect, someone who is just a bit further down the road, someone who you see their affection for Jesus, someone who you've gotten to know that you just, you see the way they live out the gospel? Do you have someone in your life like that? Um, does someone come to your mind? Who are they? Think of their name. Does someone come to your mind? Maybe you have known them for a while. Maybe it's just someone who you've just seen, but the more you spend time with them, the more you realize they have something. And I would love to learn from them. They follow Jesus in a way that, that, that I would like my life to, to replicate. Do you have someone in your life? Does someone like this come into your mind? I want you to consider asking them to be your one-up. Asking them to be your one-up. Asking them just coming straight out and asking them the question, will you disciple me? Will you mentor me in the faith? Will you show me how you honor Jesus in your career the way you do? Will you show me how you lead your family like you do? Will you show me? Will you mentor me? Will you disciple me in the faith? Ask them if they'll, if they'll take some time to meet with you, to ask you tough questions, to allow you to ask them questions. Um, ask them how they, how they follow Jesus the way that they do. If they're local, if they're a part of this church family, easy. Take them out to coffee. Coffee is a discipleship tool. All right, take them out to coffee. If you don't like coffee, I'll pray for you, but try it again. Um, take them out to coffee. Take them out to lunch. If they're not local, um, we have technology now that makes this amazing. One of my mentors and coaches is not local, and I meet with him once a month on FaceTime, and it is phenomenal. But here's the, here's the reality, it's intentional. It's intentional. The point is that you make the time and that you find someone in your life who you can just be very upfront with. Will you disciple me? Will you disciple me? Right now, I want you to think, who is your one-up? Who could be your one-up? And I want you to think of possible people. One clarification here. If you're a dude in the room, your name should be dudes. 
If you're a lady in the room, your name should be ladies, all right? Just, just throwing that out here for you. Um, this is not like a dating service. Um, but it should be um, a dude or a lady corresponding, all right? That's just one clarification. I gotta throw that out there. But think right now of possible names. Think right now of possible people in your life, names, maybe names that are local, maybe names that are in this room, maybe names that aren't. Think of names. Um, some of you, by the way, are already doing this. You're already in a relationship like this. And that's incredible. Keep it up. Um, here's what I want all of us to do, though. As we leave this place this morning, and you have those names in your mind, I want you to actually contact them. I want you to actually ask them, will you disciple me? Will you pour into my life? Some of you, are, some of you think I'm crazy when I say this, but I promise you this will be life-giving. This will be life-giving. Um, and most of the people, let me just be honest, are gonna be completely honored that you would think of them. Most of them are probably gonna say yes. Some people, um, they might be completely honored, but they're gonna be honest and say, I don't have the time right now. That's okay, honor them nonetheless. Honor them nonetheless, ask them, ask them. And if you're having trouble identifying someone, please let me know. Please let me know. Let me come alongside, let me help you. Um, for those of you who are already doing this and already have names that you're currently meeting with, I want to encourage you after we leave this place to contact them and just say thank you. Just encourage them. Just, just take a moment to encourage them. Um, who is your one up? It's like a river with nothing pouring into it. It dries up. Who is pouring into you? Who's your one up? Now, let's go to the second one, one down. One down. Do you have someone in your life who you are pouring into? Someone in your life who, who you see that maybe they've already come to you for help. Maybe they've already come to you seeking advice. But as you look around, not that you have all the answers, by the way, because you don't. But someone in your life who you could pour into, who you can help, not that you're the guru, but you're willing. Like Paul said, he said, follow me as I follow Jesus. It's one of those things. Do you have someone in your life who you can come alongside of? Someone in your life who you can disciple? Do you have anyone in your life like this? Does anyone come to your mind? Um, instantly off the bat, three come to mind from in my life. I'm a dad of three. So my default is three. I can't go any lower than that. Who are the people in our life who we can pour into? Who can we come alongside? Who are you discipling? Who can you be discipling? Right now, who, is, who could be your one down? I want you to think of names. I want you to think about people who come to your mind. And some of you might be here thinking, this is all well and good, but this isn't me. Who am I? I don't know. I'm not a good enough disciple to disciple anyone else. 
And if that's you, I want you to, I want to remind you of something. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, said Jesus. Therefore, go. It's not contingent on you. You have all the authority. You are sufficient through Jesus Christ to fulfill the mission he's called you to do. Go and make disciples. This command was not for the elite Christians, the the paid Christians, the staff Christians. This command was for all of us to go and to make disciples. You and I are only here today. We are only here because someone obeyed that. Because someone listened and said Jesus meant this. We're here today on the shoulders of disciple makers. Let it not end with us. Who is your one down? Who is your one down? Um, Here's something to think about. It's one thing when you're listening to information, just trying to learn it. It's another thing when you're listening and you're reading and gathering information for the purpose of teaching it. That's a different game. And that's your game. That's what you're called to do. My hope is that here at Stone Oak Bible Church that you are listening and learning so that you teach it. My hope is here that you are being discipled so that you are making disciples. Who is your one down? Let's go back to the river thing. A river who is not, that's not pouring into anything is it becomes stagnant and it starts to stink. Let's not stink. As a river, we're meant to flow. We're meant to flow. So who is your one up? Who is your one down? After the service, the same thing. I want to encourage you, after we end, I want you to think of those people who come to your mind who could potentially be your one down. Now, I, you know, this one gets a little weirder because for some of us, if we were to pick up the phone and be like, hey, can I disciple you? It gets a little weird, right? It's a little strange. That's not what I'm asking you to do. When you're calling, when you're reaching out to your one down, here's a better method. What are you doing for lunch? Or, like I said, coffee is a discipleship tool. Can I get you some coffee sometime? And just start an intentional conversational conversation. You might be surprised, though, if you were to call someone and say, hey, can I disciple you? They might say, yes, why has it taken you so long? I'm serious. In the, in the two years of our church, this has been the, the, a cry that I have heard repeatedly is that, is that people don't have discipleship relationships. No one's pouring into them or they're not pouring into anyone else. I guarantee, I guarantee that there would be a group of people who would, be, who would welcome that conversation if you said, can I just spend some time with you and disciple you? I guarantee it. Um, But maybe what we need to do is just to set aside some time and and just start a conversation. Listen, um, if you've never done this before, it can be daunting. I want to show you a couple things. Um, I want to give you some tools, some tools that you can use. If you're looking for your one up, one down, and you're looking for tools that you can use, I want to start with this one. This one is called Discipleship Essentials by Greg Ogden. 
um, this book is an incredible tool to come alongside of you and, and several others as you grow in your, your walk with the Lord. It is an incredible, it is an incredible tool that, that it, it's very practical, by the way. It's gonna walk you, um, walk, I know several in our church have used this or are using it and can vouch for it. Um, I want to recommend, if you're looking for something that is practical, something that you can start and something you can sink your teeth into right away, this is a great tool. Um, another one is called the trellis in the vine. Uh-huh, see that? The trellis in the vine. Um, this is another incredible book about just developing disciple-making relationships. Listen, if you are interested in any of these, I would love to connect you with these books. Let me know. Um, overall, these are great tools. These are incredible tools. It's never been about the tool. All right, it's never been about the tool, but these can help come beside you and help you in this one up, one down discipleship um, relationship. The important thing is that you as the, the, as you as the disciple maker, that you're intentional and that you're prayerful and that you're obedient. That's the important thing. So who is your one up? Who is your one down? And next church, who are your many around? Who are your many around? We are called to community, created for community, and discipleship happens in community. It always has. Um, think about this. Jesus called his disciples, right? He called his disciples. He discipled them. Um, and, and not only were these 12 being discipled by Christ, but they were being discipled together by Christ, meaning when, when Peter like he does often, shoots off his mouth, says something ridiculous where he didn't think it through. He just spouts it out, and Jesus rebukes him. Not only was Peter learning through that experience, but Andrew, John, Matthew, they were all there. They were learning right alongside of Peter. This is what discipleship looks like in community. When God teaches one of us, he teaches us. When God, when, when one rejoices in the faithfulness of God, we all rejoice in the faithfulness of God. When one of us, like Peter, gets rebuked, we're all able to learn and to grow. This is discipleship in community. Who are your many around? Do you have this? This is iron sharpening iron. This is bearing up with each other with love. This is all of those things. Do you have that? Who is your community? Who are your many around? This is why as a church, we are focused on, and we always have been, on community groups. This is why we are committed to community. They, they are the lifeblood of our church. They're one of the main avenues of discipleship at Stone Oak Bible Church. They are our many around. We have groups meeting all throughout our community, all throughout the week. And, and church, I am proud of our groups. If you were to come to me in, in any group that you would choose, I would be happy that you were going to that group because we have some truly incredible groups. Um, we even have one that's, that's launching this next week. So there's spots for you. 
Uh, in the back, we have, a, we have a booth, groups, and I would love for you to stop by. If you're not connected to a group, don't leave without checking out that table and finding options for you. This is our many around. Do you have this? Who is your one up? Who is your one down? And who are your many around? Our vision as a church is to see a group of people who are committed to discipleship, to obeying the command of Christ, who are being discipled, who have people pouring into them, who are discipling, who are pouring out, and who are doing it all together in community. Um, Can you imagine a church like that? That is a church that I want to be a part of. That is a church who believes in the authority of Christ and who obeys the command of Christ. And if we're gonna see that happen, it starts with you because this isn't a top-down church growth strategy. There's easier ways to grow the church than this. This is a bottom-up discipleship strategy and it starts with you. Without you, we are just a wonderful, barren, pointless trellis. But with you, we can see a beautiful vine. And it starts with us. What if we did this? First of all, your life would be strengthened and edified. That's a win. Second of all, the lives of others around you would be strengthened and edified. That is a win. And third, if we did this together, we could create a culture of discipleship that could transform our community. This is the vision, growth by discipleship, equipping you for the vine work. We will believe in the authority of Christ. We will obey the command of Christ. And lastly, I wanna finish with this because this is how Jesus finishes this, his, his words before he ascends. He says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We will believe in the authority of Christ, obey the command of Christ, and we will depend on the presence of Christ. Um, just Just to be blatantly honest, I don't care how long you've been following Jesus. This idea, this calling of making disciples who make disciples, it can be daunting, especially if you've never done anything like this before. It can be daunting. But here's the most incredible thing, is we're not called to go out on this mission alone. We're not called to go out. Jesus literally says, I am always with you. The one who has all of the authority, all of the authority in him, the one who is He is with you always. He is always with you. And I want you to think about that as we start thinking about who's our one up and our one down and our many around. um, Think about this. As we start walking out this mission, who are you dependent on? Because if it were all up to me, if it were all dependent on me, if if it were left up to us to have the right words at the right time, no thank you. No, thank you, I'm not good enough. However, if, if Jesus has all of the authority on heaven and on earth, if Jesus is always with us, never leaving us, never forsaking us, then we should have no fear in doing what Jesus Christ has called us to do. 
The question is, do we depend on his presence? And as we depend on his presence, this is gonna lead us to prayer. This is gonna lead us to prayer. Um, The single greatest indication of our trust and our dependence on God is our prayer life. It's like the thermometer that never lies. A, A praying Christian is a dependent Christian. And a Christian who never prays is a Christian who's never dependent. They go hand to hand. This is why, church, we have dedicated ourselves. This year, we have dedicated to prayer. We've talked about this before, but this is why this has been our focus. This is the focus of our elders. This is the focus of our year, that we will be a dependent church, and that dependence on Christ will work itself out in the fact that we are a praying church. This is, our, this is our vision. I wanna close with this. We can be confident because Jesus Christ has all authority. We go because Jesus told us to go. We pray because we are dependent on him. And as a church, this is our vision, that we will be a church who believes in the authority of Christ, that we will be a church who obeys the command of Christ to make disciples, and that we will be a church who depends on the presence of Christ in prayer. Let's pray together, church. God, I just thank you so much for your faithfulness. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You you are always with us. God, forgive us when we forget that. Our confidence is in you and in you alone. God, you're calling on our life. The call that you have placed in our life is to make disciples. To teach them, to baptize them, to go and to make disciples. And I pray that you equip each and every one of us in this room for that calling. It's not optional. You have called us to this work. You've not only called us, but you have equipped us for this work. You've not only equipped us, you have empowered us for this work. We're not alone. God, we need your help. We need your help as we carry this out. I pray for all of us in this room as we think about our one up and our one down and our many around. I pray that you give us clarity on who these people can be. God, show us who um, can pour into our life and disciple us. Show us who we can pour into and disciple. And God, and give us a place where we can belong in a community of brothers and sisters. God, and as we do this, we, our goal, our aim is to glorify you in everything that we do. God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name.